Hello everybody and welcome to Showhoppers Lost Season 1 Episode 14 Special. I'm Kurt, joined by my former teacher, Mr. Sal. Hello there. And uh, spoiler warnings for Lost up until now and some minor spoiler warnings for The Leftovers up to about mid-season 2. Uh, Mr. Sal? Yes. Usually I, I always do something a bit off in the beginning to catch you, you off guard. You definitely do. Okay. I'm Onward looking. we go. I'm trying to guess what your rating was for Lost here. Okay. As I like to try to guess. Yes. And uh, once again, by the way, you told me I would hate this episode. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, next episode, you're going to despise it. It'll be your oh least favorite. Oh, my God. Why are we watching this series? <laughs> well, it'll get better. I'm telling you. But I, anyway, I thought you'd hate the episode. Uh, after reflection and thinking on it, I don't think you hated it. Okay. What did you you rated the last episode? What an eight or a seven? Eight. Uh, it, it was an eight. Yeah, it was an eight. It was a high eight. Though. It was a high eight. I don't think this one. See, you you made the statement of I always guess eight because eight's what I was gonna rate it, and I really yeah. do want to guess eight for this one. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you gave it an eight. You might have given it a seven. I I don't think you gave it a nine. A nine's too high for me. I think for this. Maybe okay. you really did like the Mike stuff. I don't. I don't think Mike you won over in this case. I'm gonna just go with the try to intrude and test it. Eight. You gave this an eight. Yeah, it's an eight. There we go. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's just, just a solid run in the middle eight. Yeah, this is a very middle of the road eight for me. Yeah, middle and eight. I gave it uh, an eight on my scale, so I liked it more than you did. Oh boy. No, I I I did like the episode. Actually, yeah, yeah, I just liked it more than you did relative to our scale. Yeah, so. I mean it's. I, you know, I take that back. Is it what I consider this a, a middle of the road eight? This might this might have been an upper echelon eight. <laughs> High tier eight. It, it, it's getting hard. There's a lot of lost episodes, but like what ten more to go? So yeah, I mean, it's I, gonna be packed. I mean, I, I I'd put this. Yeah, this is middle of the road eight. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's an eight. It's a solid eight. Yeah, it get it gets its earnings. Uh, some pretty good stuff in this episode. Some not mm -hmm. so good stuff. Uh, no cat, no cat, no Kate and Jack scenes together, That's really. Fine. So we're getting, we're making progress now. No problem by me. We got Locke. We learn a bit of Mike and Walt, which I'm, I'm curious to how you feel about Mike and Walt. Boone makes some appearances and we learn a bit more about Charlie and who, what an ending. Bet you didn't see that one coming. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> And it's Sawyer. And it's Sawyer. That an ending, yeah. And anyway, it's the typical network TV ending to make you watch the next episode. <laughs> anyway, a literal, no, not a literal cliffhanger like before, but. Not a literal. No, <laughs> we'll never get another literal one like that. That was something special. Oh, I, I hated that so much. You're. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was a literal. Like, I, I just hated the scene of it. I'm like, why? Why is that how he just falls and he's just hanging on for dear life? And then they cut to black or whatever, like, ah. Oh. And then you comment about how it's a literal cliffhanger. It's terrible. That's like the ultimate dad joke. <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway, let's talk about the episode. Okay. And we see a a not unsurprising scene. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the episode title later, special. Do, do you think you know why it's titled special? I, I have an idea. Okay, you probably got it then. <laughs> anyway. Mm -hmm. We see Mike doing the typical thing of yelling for Walt. Uh, 
Charlie, well, Mike's looking for Walt, uh, asks him if he knows where Claire's luggage is. So we, we get this little tidbit, which is a storyline throughout the entire episode of Charlie doing stuff with Claire's belongings, spe- specifically her diary. Um, yeah. It is what it is. Mike's still looking for Walt, asks Jack. Jack doesn't know. And so Mike just goes, okay, if he comes back, tell him to stay here. Uh, Hurley was there too. I think he invites him to golf, whatever have you. Something you hate that they golf. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike goes off to go look for Walt. And Curly comments that Mike seems to hate being a dad, right? Yes. And do you think so? Do you, do you think Hurley's right? Jack Jack says, "Oh, you know, he's just stressed, and it's hard being a dad." But Hurley says he seems to hate being a dad. So at this point, did you are are you with Hurley on this? Does Mike seem no. to hate being a dad? No. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I never felt yes. like he hated it. I felt like he thought it was hard, mm-hmm. uh, which of course it is. Um, oh look at that i think you're a bit biased uh, okay i think we should combine both our opinions one that is a father and one that is not to get a true non-biased opinion you're, you're clearly much more qualified like to, be dead. to speak on the difficulty of no I, th- I think we're equally qualified <laughs> okay all right <laughs> <Okay>. anyway <laughs> yeah so, uh, so no i i never got the impression that he hates being a dad i do get the impression that he feels like it's challenging and, and uniquely challenging for him because he never really knew his son before he suddenly was just, just stranded on an island with him yeah and he just got him back not too long ago and well obviously we learn a lot more on that so I, I do like to ask you before we get into the flashbacks what you thought of the whole flashback story arc in general so for mike so we have we've had some weak ones like Kate's recent one wasn't too big. Uh, you didn't like sons. You didn't care much for Saeed's, right? Some of them home bangers. Kate's first one, Saeed's, uh, or not Saeed's, Sawyer's, right? Some real great ones out there. Yep. Opinions on Mike flashbacks. I really like them, like okay. a lot. I thought I like them too. They're not always um surprises. There are certainly some surprises, and some of them. And there, there's enough uh, questions. There, there's enough that makes you wonder what's going to happen next. But even on the base level, this man losing a son over time and then getting him back. Because we, we kind of know how it's going to go. Because we know that Walt's mother has passed away. And that's why Mike went to go get him yeah. from Sydney, Australia. I mean, it, it definitely made Michael a more sympathetic character. Yeah, we feel bad for Mike. We yeah. learn his struggles and... Some of the stuff he's done for Walt that obviously Walt's too young to understand or whatnot, but the things or he's just you know was two or whatever all the time. But the things Mike has done in the name of Walt, right? He cares yes. about him. Yes, he's really touching. But anyway, yeah, I do have one. Maybe it's a minor. Huh? It's not one quibble with one of the flashbacks okay we'll, we'll get to that okay you just let me know on that flashback okay so yeah, sure i'm sure you will <laughs> you little quibble so the first flashback we see mike with this girl and it, it, it's not until much later we learn her name susan by the way I said, Why? oh my god it took so long i didn't realize it took this long like we learn her husband's name before we learn her yeah name. we learn brian before we learn. see i know i just called her cause i forgot her name too i was just like 
they ever say her name? Maybe they don't. So I just labeled her like G for girl because yeah. I didn't know what else to put her. I, I labeled her GF for girlfriend. Like, ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty surprised by that. But eventually, we learn her name, Susan. So I'm just gonna call her Susan. But mm-hmm. they're shopping for a carriage. Mike wants this nice, expensive carriage. So even before Walt's born, born, Mike wants the best for Walt. Right, trying to give him this fancy carriage. I, uh, I think you're talking about a crib, right? Crib, yeah, not carriage. My bad. Crib. Yeah. Yes. My bad. No experience crib shopping. You're very qualified to talk about how difficult it it's. Is. I I don't like getting bogged <laughs> down in the weeds. I'm I'm more thinking big picture stuff. Okay. Gotcha. How is crib shopping? Is is it grand? <laughs> uh, not not the most fun thing in the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and I I can concur. It's not the best thing in the world. So we can both agree on that. Anyway, Mike talks about how he used to be. You know, he's taking a break from art to work in construction. He'll come back to that later. He's gonna help support his girlfriend Susan while she finishes up law school. So we learn a bit about why Mike got into construction. It's not his, it wasn't his dream per se. I'm not saying he hates it, but it's not, his dream was art, right? We learned that here throughout the episode. We learned his dream is art and he's giving that up on the back burner for not just Walt, but also for his girlfriend right now. Yep. And we also learned that they're not married and it's kind of a teasing line of because Susan wants Walt's last name to be Lloyd. So, right. Uh, that's about it. I mean, we also, sorry, I also right, cut over that, the big detail. Mike wants to name him Walt after his own father. Right. Walter. But, she wants uh, Walt to have her last name. Yeah, yeah. Her last name, his father's name. Yes. So. Yes. And that's what the flashback, but it just kind of shows, because we know something must go wrong in this relationship. We know it must end. Yep. Because obviously they're separated. Yep. And it just shows how Mike feels about Walt. He's not like he hated the idea like um when claire i forgot her her boyfriend's name when he first found out he was kind of freaking out and then he eventually left her while she was pregnant uh we see that uh mike is excited for walt and he's seems like he's ready to stick around oh yeah when he comes around he seems very excited and he's really into this idea all in yeah so we he wasn't like dissuaded by having Walt, he's very excited for it. And, you know, it shows him in a good light. For sure. So, I think that's about it. Not much to gleam off that. No, that's the day I'm hearing. That's, yeah. that's the next scene, we look like Walt has been training. It's Locke teaching Walt knife throwing. Well, Boone's just kind of observing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's throwing it. It's not working out. Which, by the way, I, I love the fact that Locke doesn't describe to him a technique like, hey, you know, Bend your elbow here, throw it here. He just says, "Use your mind's eye, imagine the throw." Right? Oh. All all faith based is like doesn't give him actual technique skills. Just imagine it, and then Walt does it, and it works. I, I do have to tell you though this this is a, a like a very well known technique in sports. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a technique of just imagine it, yep. do the throw. Yeah, but. Yeah, it is what it is. I just like that that's Locke's way of describing it. He doesn't give any uh, techniques. I, I feel like even then in sports, you know, if you're trying to learn to, like, get a basketball up or uh, throw a football. I remember learning, like, people giving me, like, tips like, hey, bend, bend your elbows more. Or, um, yeah. Usually they give you, like, at least some technical tips along with imagine, you know, use your mind's eye. But here yeah. it's just all mind's eye. Just, you know. Oh, yeah. Really have some faith, Walt. 
Because it's locked, yeah. It's just, right, it's because it's locked. I just like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, party pooper Mike comes, tells Vincent Walt, go back to camp, get out of here. Him and Locke have a pretty aggressive exchange. Mike, like, grabs the knife, swings it at Locke. Yeah. And just kind of yelling at him, boo. Because of this, Boone tackles him. Yeah, Boone. <laughs> and then, you know, Walt, or not Walt, I, I always call him Walt, because I feel like Walt should be the older name. Mike <laughs> punches, I, my notes are all wrong, too. I always, like, put the wrong letter. Mike <laughs> punches Boone. Uh, you know, they have this kerfuffle, and um, Mike feels like Locke is taking his son from him, kind of pinning him against him. And Locke just admits it openly that, hey, I treat him like an adult, you treat him like a kid. I want him to reach his potential. And Mike just tells him to stay away from both of them. And then we get the intro. So that was the whole opening. And I think, I mean, we both agree, Locke is way better to Walt than Mike is. I I mean... Do you think so? Or wait, do you? No, I mean, well, Locke is completely fine to Walt. Uh... He, he treats him like... Mike's always bossing him around, which is, I like, guess, fine for a parent to do. But he never... I feel like he never listens to Walt, right? He doesn't really take his input in or anything. He just kind of goes, yeah. Walt, do this. Walt, stay here. Walt. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, he moved to the caves. Got Walt's suggestion. That's true, but then he looked over at Sun, so. That's true. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't just a, a Walt thing, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough, though. But yeah, I... Locke... I think Locke treats Walt better. I mean, Walt likes Locke more than Mike. That's that's no secret. Yeah, of course. And Walt talks about how it feels and so on and so forth. Uh, we get another flashback here. So I'll go into it. And we see a young Walter. Uh, I don't know how old he is. I thought he was older than... How many months old do you think he is? Just from the look of him. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember a lot about what he looked like. I, I would say he's maybe four months old. Four months. Oh, okay. Oh, was he breathing? Was he crawling? Was he? I can't remember. I think he's on the ground. He was just kind of laying there. No, I've got. Do, do you have to like little baby just kind of like roll around on the ground growing up? Yeah. What's that called? Uh, well, if they're on their their stomach, it's called tummy time. There you go, tummy time. I heard about that recently. I didn't think it was real. It's no, a real it, thing. Yeah, it is. Why do they need tummy time? Uh, because it helps them strengthen their neck. <laughs> wait why the neck well because when if they're on their back all the time they th- their their neck is just their their head is just rested on the floor or the crib or whatever oh i see but if they want to look up on tummy they have to look up like if to... i mean if you put them on their tummy like <laughs> unless they look up they're face planted into the ground <laughs> so yeah well can't they roll around well, ideally, but uh, in the early stages, they can't roll around. It's like a turtle on their back. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. How yeah. long do you give a child tummy time for? Uh, until they start getting upset about it. <laughs> okay. Every day, do you give a tummy time? Or is like, yeah. oh, wow. This is, these are the unknown parenting things. Wow, that is. Yeah, I, you know, uh, this is why I'm more qualified. Is to... no, no. <laughs> that's part of the opinion of being. Some fathers don't know about tummy time. Oh, Others okay. do. Well, and, and the other the other thing is is that it was a long you know a long time ago it was believed that babies should sleep on their stomach. 
Ooh. <laughs> I'm not sure why it was believed that, but it was. Uh, and now we, we know that that is the worst thing you can do. They sleep on the back. Okay. Well, now I think everyone here has learned a lot more about tummy time. I'm yeah. Glad, I'm glad on that. Glad on that. Okay. We, I didn't know we were going to go there. Uh, me either. I, <laughs> I just I got recalled of it. I heard about it this week. And I was like, I did not believe tummy time. It just sounded too funny to be real. <laughs> no, it's real. Tummy time. Okay. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like eating. <laughs> it's tummy time. <laughs> anyway, back back to the flashback. Young Walt. So we we know obviously she's given birth, so on and so forth. And Mike says he doesn't want to lose Walt. Susan is moving to Amsterdam and wants to take Walt with her. She got a, a job position for international law. Mike is not taking it well whatsoever. No. Uh, Susan's like, hey, come on. We've talked about it before. We Just a break. We're looking for a split here. She said a break. She didn't say outright split. But we need a break. Right. Uh, Susan already accepted the job. And when it comes in in terms of custody, because Mike's fine, but I want to keep Walt. Yep. Susan, I guess she's a lawyer, cites the fact she's the mother and she has a steady job. Unlike Mike, who do you think the courts are going to side with? So, mm. uh, she does. She gives a you know parting goodbye. Of, this is not goodbye forever, but I just need some time. And Mike just kind of looks sad at Walt, and it's yeah. it's, it's pretty sad. So the, throughout most of these flashbacks, basically almost all of them, except for the first one, you feel bad for Mike. There's every time you're like, "Good for you, Mike." It's always like an ah. Mike. Seriously. And, and I mean, they're, they're painting it pretty one-sided because I'm sure there's a reason why Susan wants to leave, but certainly it's not, it's not like Mike's the best guy ever. Certainly right. there's gotta be holes in this relationship. Well, we've seen I'm, two I'm, glimpses of it. <laughs> yeah. But everything that we've seen of Michael is really pretty awesome. Yeah. He, he seemed fun shopping for the carriage or crib, not carriage, the crib. Yeah. Actually they have two in ones, crib and carriage. Uh, <laughs> I should make one. I'll save some money. Okay, that'd be a pretty big carriage or a pretty small, small crib. That's what we're going for. <laughs> Expands in size. Okay. Well, you get on that. I'll have our team on it. Don't worry. Okay, good. Uh, I'm relieved. <laughs> tummy time. Tummy time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That's not real. Oh, I can't oh, be real. This is real. The guy strikes their necks. Come on, come on. It's true. I guess. How? What else has to get strengthened over time? Do they have to strengthen their arms? Do they just let them crawl eventually? They start like working yeah. out. I guess I never. I never thought of you have to let your kid work out as a baby. Oh yeah, I mean they're basically jelly with some toothpicks in it. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well. We, we cut back to the island, and we see it's nighttime. Mike's watching Walt sleep. And then Sun, Sun comes in. We haven't seen Sun and Mike in a very long time talking to each other. Yeah. And he just he just asks Mike if he's all right. Doing okay. Yeah, this is just a conversation. I was like, huh. Just, it's just a nice conversation. Mike, 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 this is just... Uh, Mike, Mike lets some stuff out, right? He doesn't know, he admits he doesn't know how to talk to Walt. You know, he treats him like a child, and... Uh, part of the reason for that is he missed his whole childhood. 
And yeah. He just doesn't want Walt growing up in this place, is what he says. So that's another, you know, pin that on the wall. He does not want Walt growing up in this place. Yeah. And but you start I to see. As of this, too, because, like, you, you learn and adapt. Your communication with your children adapts over time as you learn how to, how to communicate with them. And, and it's not, it, just, it doesn't go from four months to 10 years old. You know, and Mike, Mike's just barking orders like he's working on a construction site <laughs> to Walt, and that's just not working out very well. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely sympathize with him on this. It's, it's, it's tough. That would be tough. Yeah. Uh, but he definitely cares for Walt. Mm-hmm. I think you could have maybe put some questions in the air on how much he cares about Walt, and Hurley definitely uh, sowed that seed early on of, does he really mm-hmm. care that much for Walt, or is he just, you know, he has to be the dad, so he's the dad. Cause it, granted, no one else really knows all too much about Walt. And Mike's relationship, and to right. be quite honest, only Mike really knows most of it. All Walt knows is Mike was never around. Right. What the hell does Hurley know? Shut up, yeah. Hurley. <laughs> yeah, come on, Hurley. He's a great guy, though. Hurley is one of my favorites. Love Hurley. He's a that's about all he has, but his comic relief there, yeah, measurable. I would have given this episode a six, but Hurley, he worked it up for him. Oh, okay, wow, yeah, it's a good scene by Hurley. So now we see Saeed, Jack, and Shannon. And now we're learning something Saeed suspects on the map. So, the equations are coordinates, and Rousseau is trying to figure out her whereabouts on the island. But there's yeah. also this location on the map, which I, they're not even quite honest, sure if this map is a map of the island. But if that assumption is correct, there's a, there's a location pointed out on this island. Saeed suspects this might be the broad where the broadcast on the island, the sixteen year old broadcast, is coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know they're not sure, and so while they're discussing these important matters, Mike just fucks right in. Yeah, hold on a second. Though. Up to this point, like I never, I, I never thought anything other than this is a map of the island. Yeah, and. It, it probably is a map of the island, but they're not positive because they don't know what the island looks like from the view of the map. Like, they, they don't know where they are on this map of the island, right? So they don't... And well, it's nice to have it. There's yeah. a triangle. <laughs> there's a triangle somewhere. We don't know where... The, we don't even know where we are on the island, but there, there's a triangle. Naeed is ready to triangulate. <laughs> triangulate the triangle, yeah. Oh yeah, he tried triangulating it before. Oh, several times he's triangulated. Yeah. Well, anyway, so there's this mysterious place. Could be the broadcast signal. Uh, Mike butts in. Oh, what are you guys trying to do now to get yourselves killed or whatever from the island people? And he goes on this tirade about, oh, we shouldn't golf. Oh, we shouldn't do this. We need to do something. We need to get off this island. We need to build a raft. Enough with the golfing. Yeah, enough with the golfing. Mr. Sal is on that bandwagon. What do you think about this raft idea? Terrible idea. You think it's a terrible idea? <laughs> Why do you think the raft is a terrible idea? Uh, I mean, it's a raft. They have no idea how far they are from... No, okay, well, I, I will say... they do. The, the raft does not end on this episode. Like The raft is going to start being built. And it's not like a tiny, tiny... Like, it's not like they're building like a... Well, unless they're building like a friggin' ark... I, I'm not sure if you, if you're gonna get 40 people on it, 47 people or whatever that they're gonna have enough, plus enough supplies and food for. An, I mean, do you need to send everyone on the raft though? What? You don't need to send everyone, do you? Uh, well, I, that's an interesting point. Like, 
Would unless, I... unless they just go on the raft, get saved, and go, oh, yeah, I forgot where I was, but just, thank you. <laughs> just, just... Well, that's the thing, though. Like, could you describe where you were? Uh, yeah, it's a hard part. Can, can they figure out if... Because if they do make a raft, probably the best way to go about it is you don't build, like, the Ark, of course, right? You don't build one for everyone. But you build a pretty big raft, almost a ship-like. You put some people on it. However, I don't know how much, but you put some people on it. Yeah. And then they go, and then they obviously try and get help. But the big question is, how will you know if they've made it? So if you're if you're on the island end, when do you know that your attempt did not work? Exactly. And on their end, how do they tell them where they were? How do so, you... so would you want to be on the raft? Mm, and that's another thing too. Yeah. Do you want to be the one on the raft, or do you want to stay on the island? Like, do you want to risk? Right. We don't know how far. You know, they don't know how far out it's. Uh, they they can probably get they're pretty far out, but are they are they like? 400 500 thousands might like how far are they from the closest like ocean liner there's so many questions yeah not a lot of answers but yeah well, would you pick to go on the raft or would uh, you want to send that if they're like okay we need this many amount of people on the raft who wants in so i would probably stay on the island i would also stay on the island yeah my biggest reason is i'm not a very good swimmer so oh it is raft or die i would think if I'm on the island, worst case scenario, my situation doesn't change. That's true, but you might lose some people. Like I guess fair enough. If you were on there, you might be lost yourself. So Yeah. So worst case scenario, my situation doesn't change. Uh best case scenario, we're saved. Right? Yeah. Whereas if I'm on the raft, worst case scenario, I'm dead. <laughs> best case scenario, I remember how I got to wherever it is that I am now and can tell them how to go back and get the rest of them, which that, that's, I, that's your, no, all of your, the ones you've described are individual. So the best individual outcome is you're free. <laughs> you're, you're golden. All right. Well, sorry about the group here, but yeah, that is, that is true. The, the overall ideal is you get there and you can tell them where you came from. My point is they both have the same best case scenario, but, the worst case scenario is far worse for the rafters. <laughs> this is how you'd be sitting there with a the clipboard. Everyone who wants to go on the raft, why don't you go on the raft? No, 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 no. Who wants to go on the raft? <laughs> Volunteers? Volunteers. <laughs> who wants to be a brave raftier? Yeah. The greatest honor that can be bestowed upon anyone. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think the raft is definitely an interesting idea. Uh, Feasibility is questioned. I certainly don't think they can make a Noah's Ark type thing where they fit everyone on this raft. But you could definitely make a sizable raft that can fit a few people on it. But the big question is then how, if they could even, you know, find civilization, how do you um bring them back to where you were? And, you know, we'll see. Um, so I, I, I guess moving on past that, we see Walt trying to read a comic so i first thought when i saw him doing this i thought he was just trying to learn to read or become a better reader because he is 10 so he does know how to read at that point so i was just does is he, is he just trying to become a better reader or is it just like hard words like i was confused and then you know we learned it's a spanish comic book yep. Walt likes the art in it and mike kind of tries to connect with them a, a bit like almost like a heart-to-heart -heart, like oh i i used to trace comic books i learned perspective 
Mm-hmm. And then Wolf just kind of starts ignoring him again. So he just grabs the comic from him and he's like, come on, help me build a raft. So, so it, was, it was almost a heart to heart. Not uh, quite, though. <laughs> did not, did yeah. not pan out. So. Uh, uh, poor, poor guys. Poor, yeah, poor Mike. He's trying to connect with Wolf, but just, just flopped. And then he just <laughs> defaulted back to his typical construction. Okay, get back to work now. Let's come on. Yeah. Raft building time. Most miserable of ways, he throws yeah. the comic on the fire. Later, yeah, later he throws it in the fire. Oof. That's a... <laughs> so is this Walt's comic, did he bring it with him, or did he just find it? I'm presuming he found it. But hmm. maybe he brought it with him? I guess that's true, I don't actually know. I, I just assumed he found it. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's the assumption that they are kind of anticipating you making, so... But yeah, but maybe he did bring it with him. But yeah, I, I'm assuming he found it. I, I, yeah. Anyway, uh, another flashback. A lot of flashbacks early on, like flashback, flashback. There's a lot of flashbacks overall in this episode. Yeah. Go back forth, back forth, which is fine. I do enjoy them. So, this one we have Michael on a payphone. You mentioned using one of those. How was life back when you had payphones? Wow. I mean, they still kind of exist, but back when, like, I think they were more widely used. Did were you like? Did you have cell phones? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Say that again? Did you have a... Did you... Like, were payphones widely used when you were younger? Or were oh, yeah. cell phones? Yeah? No, yeah. Well, I, didn't, I didn't have my first cell phone until I was... How old was I? 22. So how did you contact people? So, like... On payphone. How did, how did you guys meet up? Let's say... Both have to say, hey, we'll meet up at this time, at this location. And you just took their word for it? Yeah. What happens if you got there and something came up last second and I couldn't make it? I, I, I don't know. It just <laughs> it didn't happen, I guess. Yeah, people, people are more honoring of their words. Yeah, my, my, my wife laments this all the time. Like she, she says, you know what? Used to she, she's a musician, so it was like you know I'd have a rehearsal scheduled, and people would show up for the rehearsal because there wasn't a way to change it. Like, but and then once everybody got cell phones, it's like people would like show up late, cancel rehearsals, move them all the time at the last minute, and it's like it drives her crazy. <laughs> so yeah, like people just you know you scheduled something and you stuck to it. So wow, what a, what an interesting time! No last second changes, uh, not as easily at least. But wow, yeah. what a what a time to be alive. That is, oh, you can't. <laughs> So if you wanted to call your friends, you, yeah. you had to call. I mean, I remember I had to do this. But this was when I was young. I cell phones existed. Just I was too young to have a cell phone. Yeah. We're calling my like friend's house. I'm like, hi, Miss Whoever. Can is is Billy there? Can I talk to right. Billy? Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like yeah. Billy. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Home phones. Do you have a Do you have a home phone? No. Yeah, no, of course not. Why would you have a home phone now? I, I say that. I understand if you have a home phone, but no, don't need a home phone now. No, I I don't have one either. Do you have a pay phone? <laughs> not in the house. No. no okay, there you go. It's I love seeing pay phones now, though. It's like I can't remember the last time I've seen a pay phone. I, I get so excited when I say, "I'm like, oh, it's a pay phone." The last pay phone I've seen was broken. It didn't actually work. It's like an old pay phone. Yeah. yeah. Last upper, I. Uh, 
Anyway, I just just I just saw the payphone and he was just using it. One other thing is, was there payphone etiquette? So, uh, in a male bathroom, if someone's using a urinal, you 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 usually give a urinal gap. Basically, yeah. Right. So, is was there payphone etiquette in the same way? Like, if someone's on a payphone, there's like a whole row of them. Do you do you try taking like the furthest one from, or do you like? Well, definitely. Although I I I mean that really only was the case in very like airports. Okay, so payphones weren't people weren't always going on the phone. What do you think your weekly budget for payphone was? Oh god, I, I, not not much. Really, you don't use them that often. I guess no. yeah, because you just use them more because you have one maybe at work, at home. You have a phone. No, no, payphone was like more for emergencies. Although there was a payphone in school, though. Now that I'm thinking about it. My high school had a payphone. Like one payphone that everyone had to share? One payphone. <laughs> so is that like during lunchtime, everyone's around the payphone trying to get calls in? No, no I guess not. No, I mean, calls just were so much less common. Like, That's true, because all your friends are with you there. Huh? Yeah, the only reason that you used the payphone was if, if you had to say, you know, call home and tell your parents, hey, I forgot my you know, sneakers for practice tonight or something. Like, can, can you bring them? Like, that, 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 was, that was it. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, and as far as you know, payphones, uh, payphone etiquette, it wasn't all that common. I guess maybe in big, bigger cities, it would have been more common, like in train stations, bus, you know, the uh, yeah, or stuff like that, to see multiple payphones right next to each other. But y- you definitely would leave as much room as possible. Okay, okay. Was it like would people be nose? Like if someone's on the payphone, are people listening in? Like what's what are oh, they absolutely! I was always listening in on payphone. <laughs> Well, okay. My last question on this is just, <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so curious on this now. So you got your first first cell phone at yeah. 22. Were you an early adopter of cell phone compared to other people, or were you like yeah. with the crowd? Well, or post crowd. Maybe I was 23. I can't remember. It was early it was, 20s. It was my second year of teaching, I think. So that would have been 23. Um, and I remember my friends. Uh, <laughs> getting on my case all the time why don't you have a cell phone this is ridiculous i can't believe i have to call your home phone and leave a message on an answering machine <laughs> what is wrong with you get a cell phone and i wouldn't be friends with you anymore i know i just give up on you yeah it was at that point so that's when i got the cell phone oh so peer pressures really did you in so remember- you were a late adopter always for your friends yeah right yes i remember getting my first uh, text message and i was like <laughs> What the heck is this? <laughs> what is going on right now? How do I text? I just have numbers. Yeah, I know. I was so confused. Oh, that's that's hysterical. Yeah. So, okay. And it's a big shift once you have your cell phone. Oh, what, yeah. what were your thoughts on people? So when you did not have a cell phone and other people did, were you like, why, do you have a, why are you paying for a cell phone bill? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that's, that's what just, I mean. That's just so much extra money. I've lived 20 years. <laughs> the thought of not having a landline was like ridiculous to me you're like you've got rid of your landline for one of those cellular devices well even then like people weren't getting rid of their landline yeah that's true yeah if you yeah if you could go back if you 20 years in the future or if you could go back 20 years now and tell past sal hey mr sal uh that landline old news <laughs> you need to in your phones you like talking on the phone? That's not going to happen anymore. I would have said, what's a landline? Yeah. <laughs> because it, I, 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 mean, I, I didn't know that was not a term that anybody used back then. Oh, just the phone. 
<laughs> that's my phone. That's just oh, okay. That's a landline. <laughs> what are you talking about landlines? Very interesting. Okay. Anyway, back from, away from the tangent of this is phones. It is. It is. I was just very intrigued by this phone stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That, I, no, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. Thank God we have phones. Exactly. And now, now you're stuck, and now you're now. Boy, am I! You, they've wow. got you. They've they've gotten their hooks on you, mm-hmm. and you can listen to podcasts on your phone. Couldn't do that. I like, I listened to good. three hours worth of podcast today. Good on you. I, I listened to quite a bit. I've been driving a lot recently, so I yeah. listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to podcasts when I mow my lawn. Oh yeah, and you have quite a bit to mow. I do. <laughs> How often do you mow your lawn? Now, no. once a week. Oh, okay, once a while. Quite diligent on it. Yeah, so I usually keep keep you know catch up on all my podcasts during a mowing session. Good on you. Anyway, back to the flashback in which Mike sent a payphone. Uh, <laughs> basically, we learn uh, Walt's twenty one months old. You know, Mike kind of he wants some sort of contact with him. Incidentally, twenty one months old as that's that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, he just wants to talk to him. He's, he's no, wants he didn't say twenty one months old. He's, you say he's going to be two in three months or like. He's almost, he's almost two. Yeah, yeah, that's what you say. Yeah. That's, that's them directly letting us know how long it's been. I guess. 21 months. But, yeah. you know, they, going back and forth, Susan's like, hey, I'm not right now. And then we hear a guy on the other side of the phone. Mm-hmm. And Susan admits she's been seeing someone else, Brian Porter, the guy who hired her. Mike is just, you know, he's very angry about this. But he's just, he really, he's like, I'm going to go get Walt. Urgh. Right, and he yeah. hangs up. He starts just stomping with purpose, walking to the streets, and immediately gets hit by a car. Yeah, not not a lot of spatial awareness there, no, Mike. Just, I mean, I can understand that in terms of just he's just yeah. filled with rage. He was raging, kind of just kind of rage walking, maybe yeah. towards the airport direction. He just, I'm going to go get a flight. First flight to Amsterdam. He starts stomping yep. in that direction, and then gets. Really gets hit hard by that car. Like we saw the guilty remnant. If you guys oh, yeah. don't watch leftovers, some people got hit by a car. They got <laughs> hit by a car. Seems like uh, Mike got hit real bad though. He's, oh yeah. He's su- we see his face super bloody and just he's knocked out cold. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I gotta interject here though because you mentioned the name of the guy is Brian Porter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Either okay. <laughs> <laughs> The name of Shannon's boyfriend in Australia was Brian as well. Oh yeah, you're right. What's it? Okay. So I think they're different Brian's. I mean, they're different, different Brian's. What do you think they're related? Okay. No. <laughs> no. Look, one's the son of the other. Yeah, you name your son Brian Porter. Okay. I, I suppose that's a possibility. They were no. about the same age though. <laughs> but I my my point is that. There are lots of names in the world. And the fact that they chose to name these two people the same name, I, it really makes me feel like I need to be hyper aware of names from this point forward because there's another Brian introduced. That's a trend. It was funny. I spelled the other Brian differently than I spelled this one. This one's B R I A N. That's this Brian that struck me. The other one got a Y. Oh, wow! So, got the Y treatment. 
it, it is the I, mean, I think they are a different type of Brian on that alone. But yeah, let's look at the the role they fill, right? Like they're both yeah. men. Yeah. The main so Boone's case, he's like the main central character for that flashback. In this case, it's Mike, and they're both men that. And I guess, yeah, for Boone, too, are with women that they each want, right? It's kind of like yep. a thorn in their side. Boone doesn't like his Brian. Mike certainly does not like this Brian. So. Yeah, exactly. Still a similar... And, and, and also, I guess, near the end, both of the Brians... Arguably, this one maybe not as much, but still, both of them do something bad. Like, yeah, Brian, I... Brian for Shannon takes the money and does leave her. And this Brian doesn't want... Uh, her son, yeah, yep. doesn't want Walt, and we we could probably assume that that was not her wish, right? I I I think I would agree with that. So I, I, it's interesting. I, I I don't know why you name both of these people Brian unless you have something in mind that like that name means something to, and and we need to watch out for it now. So uh, that that's where my head's at with that name, but. Uh, I mean, it's possible. It's coincidence. It's it's a pretty piss poor oversight if it's just coincidence. Yeah. Uh, like two episodes ago, we had a Brian filling a similar role. Like, uh, I think it's fine for it to be coincidence. Though. Like, so many people are named. It's surely you gotta reuse some names. It's only natural. In fact, I'd be suspicious if they didn't. Have well, names. then you're suspicious of pretty much every show ever. Because they don't reuse names. There's no reason to reuse names. All it does is confuse the audience. Fair enough, fair enough. Unless there's unless they had a specific reason. So I'm I'm gonna be keeping my eye out for more Brian's. I just realized that Brian could not be his son, or at least couldn't realistically be a son, because this is maybe what, like nearly ten years before Shannon's and Boone's story takes place. And that Brian yeah, you know, probably like twenty at least. So, I mean, so, but I don't know how old Brian Porter is. He might be like in his thirties, so he could have added the kid. I'm gonna go with working theory, cousins, or he's um his uncle. That could be it, well, or baby brother. I, I don't think there's any chance they're related. Like that's that's not my point. My my point is. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they probably are related. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> no, yeah, no. I see what you mean. Well, I want yeah, they both fill a similar niche, so I wonder if it was purposeful. I never, I never noticed that. That's a, yeah. that's very, what a, what a good catch by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, right, anything I, else on the flashback? Uh, no. Uh, that's that's that. That was my big point that I wanted to make. That was interesting. Okay. I'm I'm waiting for your ears gripe with one of the flashbacks but that was yeah okay. next one. Oh, next one okay so anyway Not the uh, next one. Oh, okay so we see uh kate and charlie and we see them interact a bit in this episode and charlie wants to know where claire's diary is uh someone's taken it it's not in her luggage where it should have been mm-hmm. and then we go back to mike and Walt. it's pretty pretty short <laughs> conversation yeah. between the two i was like amazed it was like pretty quick yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Mike <laughs> and Walt looking through the wreckage. Uh, Walt feels like he's being punished working with this old man, and that's really about it. So I guess that's equally as short. But they're looking through the wreckage to get you know pieces for this raft. Specifically, right now, Mike's thinking about the framing. But 
yep. trying to build a raft. Now we get back. Let's get back to Kate and Charlie, who are looking for Sawyer. Because of course, if someone had something, Sawyer's the one they looted it. Sigh. And in this case, Sawyer does have it. He starts in teasing case, Charlie. In every case, Sawyer has it. It's. I mean, it's getting. It's. It's bordering on tropey here. That. <laughs> like. Is every missing object in Sawyer's possession? Well, it's not always. Like the inhalers weren't. This <laughs> is bluffing. Uh, you can't find it, and you saw it before, so you probably took it. Wow. And so you certainly has the diary. Starts like teasing Charlie. Uh, did you think Sawyer actually read the diary prior no. to his admission? No, what he was saying was so ridiculous. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, yes, yeah, stalker Charlie." Blah blah blah. Starts teasing Charlie, and uh, then. They exchange symbols. Charlie kind of punches Sawyer. I don't think in the face, but just kind of like punches him, swipes the diary, and then Sawyer punches back Charlie. Who's Charlie? Oh, but, just but says, hold on, Charlie punches Sawyer right in the bicep, right where Said stabbed him. Oh, okay. So that is where, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So no wonder Sawyer's so angry. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Charlie hits him where it hurts, and yeah. Sawyer gives him a wall up on the somebody. face. I've never seen somebody punch somebody else in the bicep. That's interesting. That is the, oh, that's a good tactic by Charlie. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go back to Sawyer's like, you hit like a punch. I don't know what yeah, that even like means, that. but just, just, like a Yeah, Sawyer's so, so just fuming angry, and you know, Kate kind of holds him back. Charlie walks off, and Sawyer admits, did not read it, but he just get time to read it yet. He didn't read it. Yeah. So did you guess Charlie would eventually read diary oh um i mean that was my assumption at first otherwise why was he looking for it mm-hmm. yeah i assumed he was going to read it uh but then during his whole little scene where he kept putting it down and picking it up and putting it down and picking it up i i kind of did think that he uh he was he found some strength not to read it so i guess <laughs> you thought but wrong he, he wrong yeah <laughs> he found strength momentarily Yes. But it was weak strength. Yeah. So, Mike and Walt building the raft, and Walt sees Locke and Boone, so he's just like a sly dog. He's like, oh, I'm going to get some water, Dad. Yeah. And walks off to go get Locke and Boone, or at least to go hang out with them. Yeah. Uh, Boone is so goonish in this episode. Oh, definitely. Boone is... Locke's right hand man now. Okay. Yeah. He is I mean you you talk you put it perfectly on. He is on Locke's side. Like we know Charlie is somewhat to a degree and Walt is too, but Boone is like it looks like he died for Locke. Like this guy is Oh yeah. Cult. Like if Locke is making a cult, Boone is the number one member here. He is all on Locke's bandwagon. <laughs> and here's where we really see it, right? Because Shannon confronts Boone. We know from Boone's episode how he felt about Shannon. He really wanted to tell Shannon Yep. This was really eating away at him. And in this case, he could not give a crap. He nope. Shannon confronts him. Oh, you guys aren't bringing back any boar. Boone like talks about how she was bulimic. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. What a yeah. what a what a what a dirt on the wound or salt on the wound. Yeah. And, and Shannon informs him maybe you should help Michael build the raft. And then Boone's like, no, no, I don't want to help build the raft. He just does not <laughs> care about Shannon at all. Yep. Doesn't ask her anything, doesn't do anything, just goes, nah, and then walks past her and just ignores her. So he's he's no longer, I don't want to say he was obsessed, because I might, I don't think he was 
the degree of obsessed, but he definitely was had Shannon on his mind a lot, right? He was very worried for her and even jealous, but now he, he does not seem to care about yeah. Shannon. Shannon's just another person on this island. Yes. So. Poor Shannon. You can say poor Shannon, but, you know, good for Boone, I guess. You know, he's, he's under Locke's wing now, whatever that is. Is that good? I don't yeah. know. And we don't get any updates on the hatch progress this episode. We just, in fact, yeah, we kind of see them like helping out Walt. So I wonder what Locke's planning is. Locke still trying to open the hatch? Is he trying to do something else? What's the plan going on over here? Well, it's Michael sculpture, of course. <laughs> Only time, yeah. He's, now they're both just going there, staring at it, waiting, looking. <laughs> so, Only time will tell. So yep. we have Walt uh, approaches uh, Locke, and you know, he tells him, "Hey." Mr. Locke, you know, go out, teach me, blah, blah, blah. And Locke confesses, he, well, he says, Mike doesn't want us spending time together. He's your father, Walt. You have to listen to him. And you are not to come to me anymore. Don't, you know, I'm going to respect Mike's wishes, and you should too. He's your father. Locke's a good guy. Yeah, he's trying to take the high road here, in which case Mike, I mean, you can kind of see it coming. Mike comes in, hey, what's going on over here? And that's making a scene. And Locke, Locke actually takes the heat off Walt because he says he was trying to give Walt a pencil or pen. I can't remember which one, but tried giving something to Walt to give to Mike to help him build the raft. So, oh yeah, Locke, Locke kind of takes the heat from Walt. He, he he makes it look like he approached Walt, not the vice versa, like it really was. Right. And what does Mike do? Mike does the most reasonable thing you could do on the island. He threatens to kill Locke if he sees yeah, him around Walt. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, first of all, that what, what a step to take to threaten to kill him. But out of all the people that threaten, you threaten Locke, like this yeah. this machine of a man. Maybe maybe Mike is like a stealth assassin. Maybe that's true. We we haven't really seen him get into too much of a, <laughs> you know, he got in a bit of a kerfuffle earlier with um Boone, but he did get on top of Boone then too. So he almost got drunk with Jen. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> And they were, oh yeah, when he got, when he got jumped by, that was unfair fight. Yeah. When 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 Mike has the stealth advantage, he never fails. That's true. That's that's what I'm just gonna go on. So, um, so Locke storms off, and Walt kind of opens up to Mike a bit about how Mike doesn't care about him. He's not his father, and you weren't there when I was growing up. Oh, this hurts. And it, I mean, this must hurt Mike really bad, and it it does definitely hurt Mike, and he he definitely he doesn't respond in the best way, but he's definitely hurt. So I can see why he responds this way. He so, says exactly to Walt what Kevin said to Jill. Yeah, it's <laughs> basically yeah. He, well, first of all, to show his statement, he takes his comic, Walt's comic that he really looking at the pictures for, chucks in the fire, and basically tells him, "Hey, doesn't matter if you don't like me." I'm your father. You better listen to me. Yeah. Oh, but I'm on. Well, uh, the it's complicated because yeah. I feel like he could have taken a minute here to explain to Walt what happened and win lots and lots of points with Walt. Yeah, he could. He does do that later on. I can it, understand why he doesn't though, because it's just the heat of the moment. He's angry about Locke, but he's also angry about him. How Walt? What Walt just said to him is he took it. I think Mike took it. Too hard. Right? Before he says, "You're not my father," um, doesn't he? Like, he says, "You were never there for me when I was growing up." And then, mm-hmm. isn't that when Mike said it's complicated? 
I probably possible. I can't remember exactly. I don't. I that, think this is at the end. That that was his opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. He had an opportunity right there to explain himself, and yeah. he chose instead to tell Walt basically. You're not old enough to understand. It's complicated, and that's that's exactly what Kevin told Jill. Uh, I don't remember what episode that was in the leftovers, but Kevin says to Jill, "It's complicated," and she says, "Well, let me know when it's when it gets simple." <laughs> yeah. So, but Walt's Walt's not a teenager yet. So, so Walt says, "You're not my father." Instead of "Let me go know when it gets simple," and then Mike out, has this outburst and throws the comic book in the fire. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, okay, yeah. So you so, you want to go to the flashback now, or anything else? I'm not seeing the 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 comic book burning. I mean, what what we see burning is the polar bear. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this this could just be foreshadowing that the the polar bear is going to attack. Well, by the way, we haven't seen a polar bear since episode two. Yeah. Uh, there are more than one polar bear, though. You finally confirmed it. Mr. Sal, you've been assuming that there's been more than one. But, Assumptions have been made correct. Yeah, but uh, so maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but it's, and, and maybe I'm, maybe this is more obvious than I think it is. But mm, let's not talk about it yet. We'll talk about I think it. I you can, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later when we see a bird. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Nah. There's something there's something special about Walt. Yeah, hmm. exactly. And yeah, I want to talk about that a bit, especially at the end. We'll talk about that. Good. So, and yeah, just keep an eye on Walt. <laughs> so, you get a flashback. Mike's in the hospital. Uh, we we can surmise based on the what's being said here that he's been there for nearly three months. Because I, I think what well, Walt Walt's turning two years old. There's twenty one months. Gets out in two weeks, so it's about three week months. He's been some kind of accident, man. <laughs> and, I mean, so he's catching out a photo. If that's what he what did look like, yeah, wow, what a what an accident. Yeah. So um, he's talking to the nurse. You know, he's trying to sketch out this drawing for Walt. We we see him talk about it. Mike doesn't get to see Walt. He chalks it up to this accident, but we know better than the nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Susan's kind of moved on. And then Susan says hello, Michael. And this is where we learn Susan's name, by the way. It's been this long. Yeah, you know. I get Susan's name. Oh my god, this is nuts. Yeah, I love it. So Susan came. I, uh, I really wish, though, Kurt. I really wish that when she showed up, she said hello there. Yeah, <laughs> hello there. Sinister Ethan look. <laughs> uh, Susan hadn't heard from Michael in a couple months. Found out through a mutual friend or someone they both know that got in that, that accident. Uh, he didn't bring Walt though. Walt's at home with Brian. This is a such a slap in the face. It is a slap in the face because he 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 breaks it to Michael. Hey, well first he's like, hey, covering all your medical costs, all sorted through. Oh, okay, how sweet. What I also me and Brian are getting married. Oh, I mean, oh okay. And Brian wants to adopt Walt, right? Yeah. And he, she basically is like, you got to give up Walt. Why are you holding on, Michael? <laughs> yeah, look over Walt. Let Brian adopt him. Yeah, she says, is it is it really for him or is it for you? And that's a fair point. Is it, though? It's, it's, it's a fair point in the sense that Walt does not live with 
uh, Michael, but in here, yeah, we obviously know how much Michael cares about Walt, and he wants to be part of Walt's life, and it's yeah, yeah. I go. We know, we know he wants to be part of Walt's life. I mean, it seems like for Walt's sake, it would be good for him to know his father. Yeah. It's not like Mike is, as as far as we know, it's not like Mike is this terrible guy. It's not like Mike is a serial killer or something, you know? This is, well, I mean, is that what it takes to be a bad guy? So you got to be a serial killer? No. But Otherwise, you're pretty good. But serial so, killer, then you're starting to... I, I'm, so I'm using it as, as an extreme example. Uh, but, but, you know, if that were the case, I could understand Susan not wanting Walt to know his father, but I don't see how it's of any benefit to Walt to not know his father and how it wouldn't be better for him if he did know his father. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. fair enough. I guess my argument to that would be if, if we look at Tommy and the leftovers and how he feels about his biological father. Granted, he's probably older mm-hmm. uh, when he lost or when he was no longer with his biological father, and we don't—at least I don't know what happened. And well, no, but he, stuff. Um, he he had just found out recently, and you know, Tommy's in his twenties. But but that's there's an example. You know, he finds out in his twenties that his uh, that his biological father is not the person that that he thought he was, and he like freaks out and like goes and like stalks his biological father. Yeah, but, well, I, I, the difference being here is like. I, I think it depends how you go about it. Like, if you tell Walt at a young age, hey, and it seems like Walt already knows, Brian isn't his biological father. Mm-hmm. I think a connection can be a big deal, but when it's a long-term, connect, long-distance connection like this, I can understand not wanting uh, your child to be involved with the biological father. That being said, though, I think in this case, based on the way Mike acts and the way he cares about Walt, I don't think this would have been unhealthy. Right. No. We don't we don't know how Mike is like in terms of their relationship with uh Susan. We don't really know much about that. Maybe he is a really terrible guy, but he doesn't seem he he, he does seem to care about Walt a lot. I right. think it would be it would have been good for Walt. Here's a, here's just a kind of a stupid practical reason why it would probably like I, the argument I'm making is against Susan's argument that this is for Mike and not for Walt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is a stupid, like practical logistical reason. Like someday Walt's gonna have to fill out medical history forms. Yeah, you want him to put. Yeah, you want to put. Benefit him to know of any pre-existing conditions that Michael might have. Yeah. Well, it's not like Susan can still help him in that case, and maybe he's older. But that's true. As it turns out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly not. Susan was not up to speed on her medical. Exactly. Yeah. So. so, but it's it's sad. Another sad, you know. See Mike. This whole scene, you feel bad for Mike. He's in the I hospital. Feel- he's drawing to his son. Yeah. The the reminder of Susan. Cause I'm sure you know it's only been three months. And I, well, let me tell you, that's they, got that's got to be a hard hit to take, right? Just I'll say this: that they are going to have to go a long way to get me to dislike Mike and think that. Susan was justified in everything she said to him in this scene. She's right. basically paying him off to never be part of his life. She's she's pulling a boot here. <laughs> she's just pulling a boot. Uh, well, 
What would you take that deal, Mr. Sal? If you were in Mike's shoes here, you, you got all these medical bills. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough to. It's definitely hard to put yourself in your shoes. Because, you know... But but as two people would... Speaking as a dad would, right? If we both use our dad experience to help average together a good non-biased and a non-biased perspective here. I'd be willing to. You would be willing to? Yeah. So I have have a not... You have a biased perspective because you've been a father. I have have a unbiased perspective. It's true. No, it's not. Don't say. Don't say it's true. No, it's it, it's true that my perspective is biased. I can't speak for your perspective, but I can I can tell that you know it didn't it didn't take long for me to eliminate any price tag on my kid. But there was a price tag at some point. There, 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 like, but it didn't take long. Like, I mean, it was instantaneous. <laughs> there's 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 not a price tag that you could put on it. The, 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 I'd, I'd like to think that there's no way I could be bought off to forsake my children. 2.5 million. No, definitely not. I mean, 30 million. Not, but now, having said that, <laughs> uh, yeah, if I'm someone not, wants to try and contact us, showhoppers podcast at gmail.com, if you want to try to persuade Mr. Sal to buy off his children, I'm just going to let you know now you're going to have to start higher than 30 million. <laughs> So, but but my point is that I'm not in Mike's position. Mike Mike is up to his neck in hospital bills and has not seen his son in uh, over a year. And that over a year is like within the first two years of of the child's life. Yes, that's the part where like Walt Walt's not going to remember you. Right. So he knows already. Walt doesn't know who he is, and. He, he, and that Susan is not going to make it easy for him to ever see Walt. She didn't even bring Walt with him. I know that's that's the worst part to me. Doesn't even bring Walt. So I I can definitely understand Mike taking. Granted, the- though, All right, I'll I'll let you finish real quick and then I'll. I'll, I'll well, I'm a firm believer as non-biased parent, and you can agree, disagree, or agree that if you have kids. You have to make sacrifices. You know, we can agree on that, right? There's yep. a time commitment. You gotta do more things. You gotta have tummy time reserved. You gotta pay for more things. <laughs> a commitment. You, it, it's something that's gonna take time and effort. And one of the things I believe that's part of that commitment is you cannot use uh, planes. You can't fly when you have kids. They cry and they're annoying. <laughs> Unless you really have to. Like, if, you, if you're going long haul, like, if you're going long haul. From Am- when they say Amsterdam, I'm assuming like Netherlands to Amsterdam. That, right? that is the assumption. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like that 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 is across the Atlantic Ocean. So that is quite a long haul flight. Mm-hmm. So if you can prevent bringing a young kid that might cry in that flight, you probably should. And I think I know I think that's a sacrifice for society that you've got to make. Uh, that is all. <laughs> this is like ah. Oh. I um because generally I totally agree with you, but <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So my my one thing to that is shouldn't bring a young kid on the plane that might cry. Like once once Will's like four, he's well, probably old enough that you can probably not get him to cry. But he's two. Like a two year old is walking and talking. Like oh really? Yeah, a two year old is not gonna just like spontaneously. 
to me, three and younger, they're all just mush-brained. It's like, like yeah. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. And at four, you get a resemblance of consciousness. You reason and bargain with a two-year-old. Like You can reason, really? You can reason and bargain? Yes, like, you can give them like, a cookie or something and shut them up. Like, <laughs> like, it's not an infant. Like, an infant on a plane is like, if they start crying, there's nothing you can do. Okay, like, yeah. Like you can change the diaper. We talked about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can you can change I'm the diaper. parental advice on the them. podcast. This is... Yeah, you can change the diaper. You can feed them, and if that doesn't work, then you're pretty much out of luck until they tire themselves out. Whereas a two-year-old, you can. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do to. to but he's calm. freshly too, and yeah, we don't, you know. So I no, I I don't think, like I think the fact that she didn't bring Walt with her. And the fact that she's she's making this this claim, who are you doing this for? You were for Walt. Like he realizes here, he's never going to see Walt again. So that, that that is true. I if you do look from her perspective, if you're trying to convince Mike to give up Walt, I feel like a bad way of doing that is to bring Walt. Oh, absolutely. And say, yeah, you got to give him up right here. This kid right here. Like <laughs> point at him. Absolutely. So, so obviously, I, know she planned this. She flew to you know talk to him, pay him off with medical bills, and and let Brian adapt Walt. I don't get it. I, I don't know why she has such a problem with Mike being part of Walt's life. Yeah, but... yeah. She just yeah. really wants him out, and I don't know why she really does. I mean, yeah, I don't really know why. Okay. I guess maybe I don't know how much she cares for Brian. She just wants to have a life with Brian. No, no Mike involved. But... You know, the thing is, like, if you're if you are with someone who has a kid mm-hmm. you understand that that comes with the kid's other parent most of the time yeah like that that you can't be completely separated from the kid's other parent in most cases in some cases of course you are okay but but in most cases if you're with someone who has a kid like you have you accept the fact that you're you're gonna have to see this the the kid's other parent sometimes yeah it's, it's, it's a rule it's, it's the same way parents shouldn't bring a young child onto a plane gotta, <laughs> or people gotta... tell other people about their dreams oh yeah people shouldn't tell other people about the dreams a lot, a lot of unspoken rules that should be followed this is the, the show hoppers rule book we should put that together <laughs> thou shall not bring <laughs> some commandments oh my god okay <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> Let's get away from me biblically. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the idea of having tin command the tin shop for commandments. <laughs> They're not gonna be very related though. They're just how to be a good person in the eyes of me. Exactly. <laughs> a better individual. Uh, so uh about any anything else in that flashback? No, uh, we, we I think we've been on that flashback for a while. Oh yeah, time. certainly for too long. Yeah, we're so, good. So was that your gripe? Nope. Okay. Sorry, okay. Waiting on the gripe here. I, I like this flashback. I, I don't understand why she is so vehemently opposed to having him be part of Wall's life, but uh but I don't have a problem with this flashback, you know, from a storytelling point of view. Yeah, okay. Good show. So we get back to present time. Hurley informs Mike that Walt and Vincent are gone. He just took the dog and ran off. And Mike is pretty confident he knows where he's going. Goes to the lock cult lock cult which consists of him and boone so not a very big one maybe growing who knows they seem to be chilling just sitting around sharpening 
whatever i don't know they're just there creepy oh my god yeah just like like this is so we saw them at the hatch that was one thing but now we just kind of seem like milling around this whole like whenever you see them they're just chilling they are. like they have the little spot in the jungle where they just chill like this is this is Locke's cult hangout spot it's true. exclusive membership so. walt likes to visit and boo and Locke are always there anyway <laughs> mike's very demanding wants to know where walt is Locke tells him like it is gonna respect mike's wishes and he doesn't want you know he will keep his distance from walt mm-hmm. uh so lock but Locke yeah. offers to go help find him yeah yeah Yes. So, by, by the way, I did not realize way back in uh, all the best cowboys have daddy issues. Jack's final episode, okay. Yeah, I did not realize way back then that when they split up into two groups, Jack and Kate and Locke and Boone, mm-hmm. that the more significant grouping there would be Locke and Boone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm telling you, these <laughs> they've really become like a team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's gone far, yeah. They like need the to hatch. The bond. Not matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The King Jack one matters much less than Boone and Locke. Yeah, they meet the hatch. That's one. The other episode, Boone's bottle episode, Locke's a big deal part of it. And yep. even to this episode, Boone and Locke aren't like the main, main characters for this one. Definitely Mike and Walt, but pretty significant and their partnership is strong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, but we see more Boone. Yeah, that's how it works on Lost. Like, characters rotate in and out. <laughs> like, we see Rose a bit more, but Rose is back out of the... the <laughs> Chloe's been on the back burner for some time. We'll wait on that. <laughs> okay. So, you got... Charlie... Yeah, Charlie and Kate now. So, we... Locke and uh, Mike are going to go look for uh, Walt. Now you get to Charlie Kate... Charlie's thankful to Kate for helping him. And Kate asks Charlie if he's okay. Which which is something I'm sure you're interested in, I'm interested in because we we've seen Charlie's grieving process from the point where he just wasn't talking to anyone, which is quiet. So like him opening up so Rose helped him a lot. The one episode we saw her back in and <laughs> I thought we'd see more Rose here. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sad about that. But like you you built her up quite a bit. <laughs> I well, okay. Because I remembered we see Rose again when Claire goes missing. Because I know she helps Charlie uh, through his grieving. Yeah. But I thought that was more significant than it was. Because that's just what I remembered. I was like, okay, I know Rose comes back to help Charlie with his grieving. Okay. But yeah. anyway. Anyway. This uh, Kate and Charlie scene. I, I Have you ever been in this? Because I've been in this situation. And I'm wondering if, if you've ever been. Like... <laughs> I, and this is this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to do it publicly, apparently. So, but you know, I'm married now, so it doesn't matter. I can I can talk about this stuff all I want now. So, <laughs> uh, this is this is way before I started dating my wife. So I remember, like, I was really interested in a girl, and I was like, like I, I think I was like waiting for her to call or something. Like I was like really like nervous about it or did you have a cell phone no oh okay well yeah that's rough <laughs> college okay <laughs> and, but i was hanging out with a group of people and i and i kept talking about it like oh my god i wonder if she's interested i wonder like she hasn't called yet like what do i do you know and, and, and uh, somebody else in that group another girl uh was really working hard to console me about it and i started thinking 
uh, you know, um, if you're interested, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I could probably just forget about this other girl one. <laughs> you know, I was on the bandwagon for girl number one, but girl and number two, yeah. you've you've really you've really swayed me over. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were interested. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I like I'm watching this scene with Charlie and Kate, and I'm remembering that that circumstance, that very circumstance, thinking. Oh man, if I'm Charlie right here, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, yeah, it's kind of really sad about Claire, but you know, Kate, you're, you're what do you, what do you? Think? You're pretty good, girl. Okay, I think <laughs> we have a lot in common. Ka cha, you name. We have A's in our name. E's as well. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's just a little side story. Ah, yeah. oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey. oh. <sighs> I don't know what's the comment on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so yeah so this is where charlie keeps picking up and putting down the diary yeah yeah then you know he admits how he's missing uh miss claire kate kind of gets up and leaves him being yeah this is where he like i actually wrote it all down so i, I will narrate exactly what he does which is here you know he, he offered to keep his her stuff safe and then he picks up the diary takes a peek then puts another takes another peek puts it down takes another peek another peek puts it down Puts it away in the bag, and then kind of looks at the bag a bit, and then walks off. So he did. He did resist his strength in that scene <laughs> to look at it. Well, we very much so know he wants to. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, quite honestly, like, you ever read a diary, Mister Sal? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, can you think of? I thought you were saying, oh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever read a diary actually. I remember. So I'll, I'll go a quick tangent on. I didn't read my sister's diary but growing up so i don't remember what the name of the diary was called but it was one of those diaries where like it's voice activated and it unlocks oh voice act- activation so you say like your secret phrase into it like so open diary and then it opens but this is in like 2008 or 9 so the technology's not really there yet to support this <laughs> like it's not that great so gan has a diary and she's flexing about this diary that she got and she doesn't even really want a diary, but it's just she got it as like a gift. And so she's just like writing in it, and then she just in front of me goes like I forgot where we'll say her keyword was open diary. So yeah. It's like open diary, and the diary just opens. So me being like the same age, I'm 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 a year younger than my sister. Yeah, we're both young children. Our voices are virtually the same. <laughs> so I just go open diary, and then it opens for me as well. <laughs> she got so mad. So yeah. she she then had a secret phrase. So I didn't know the phrase to the diary. And she would never say it around me. So I was like, okay, I can't open the diary. But I very soon figured out that if I just took the batteries out of the diary and put them back in, the diary just resets. Oh, my so, God. So the lock is virtually useless. So I just can just take the batteries out and put it back in. You, you hacked the diary. I mean, yeah, you can think of it as like, so that's all I did. And then that upset her, too. So then she stopped using the diary because that was not that cool anymore. This It's not this cool. It's just basically a glorified notebook. Exactly. <laughs> So I ruined her fun on that, but I remember that's that's my best diary reading experience. But it wasn't as much reading it as much as it was just getting into it just to do so. Yeah. So I, I'm sure now they've got some sort of sophisticated. I remember seeing uh toy commercials and one being like a similar diary to my sister, except it was like used invisible ink and you shine the special light on it and then it shows it. So, Anybody um, that light though? Yeah. I mean, now you can make like an online account. Just 
type out your virtual diary. It's also not easy to write in invisible ink. You're right. Actually. Well, what if you have the light on? Yeah. As you're writing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not that easy to write invisible ink. Yeah. It's your first-hand experience on that. Yes, I do. Huh. Never, I've never written an invisible ink. Oh. Anyway. Uh, tangent aside, we get back to a... It's just Walt and Vincent in the jungle. Vincent starts barking at something a ton. Really pulling on the leash. To the point where the leash gives way. And he's just sprinting off in the jungle. So Walt... They show... They very clearly show he drops the leash. They close in on it. And Walt yeah. runs after Vincent. Yes. And then we get another flashback here. This is my grab flashback. Okay, grab flashback. So... And, and, which is... Interesting because I love this flashback. <laughs> okay, so we see Walt with Vincent in this flashback, and he looks to be about the age he roughly is. Like he looks to be about ten, right? I guess he recently, but you know, late nine, ten. He's present day Walt thereabouts. We yep. know whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen soon. The whole Sydney flight. Susan and Brian talking some sort of law, whatever stuff. How think it was anything important? Do you remember it all? Like, do you think it was important? No. Okay, yeah. And Susan is not in good health. And Walt starts trying to get Brian and Susan's attention. He's like, oh, look at this. You're not looking. Come on, look, right? Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're worried about, understandably, Susan's health. She's been having these health issues. It's a big deal. And uh, a little before they got a bit worried, I, I, I gleamed over this fact. They were talking about Walt's homework. Walt, you're not doing your homework. And Walt doesn't feel like doing this homework about these birds. Reading about these Australian birds. We live in Australia. Why do I need to know about Australian birds? Right? Didn't understand that logic, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think mean, that's the one reason you should learn about those birds. Because they're around you. Should learn about them. <laughs> well, it's like, I'll just see them. <laughs> anyway, it's kid logic. He's fine. A bird flies into the window. Or at least a balcony glass window. It flies into a window. Needless to say, and it appears to be dead. Walt and Brian go up to it. And Brian's like, yeah, yeah, it's dead. And Walt's like, oh, well, okay. And then he goes back to his bird book. So, and so we know a polar bear. So you talked about that comic had a polar bear on it. Yep. And spoil, I mean, it's not like spoilers. It's the full, full episode. A polar bear is the one that comes to attack Walt later on. And yep. here... We see a, a bird. He's reading a book about birds, and a Australian bird died in his presence. And we also know back from Walt's backgammon game yep. with Hurley, Brian said he's the luckiest man he knows. Yes. So what is special about Walt? And Brian Brian refers to the specialness later on. So. Right. I mean. I, I, does Brian refer to the special? He does. He refers to it. He when when he goes to Mike's house. Yeah, I thought he referred different, not special. Yeah, different. I think he does use the term different. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I, I it seems like Walt is. I mean, the, the implication is that he's manifesting the things that he's thinking about or reading about. Mm-hmm. I, I would say thinking about because. We also got earlier in this episode the visualize with the with Locke teaching him how to throw the knife. And oh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, you know we got the back end. If he can visualize the way the pieces move, he can he can win. Uh, he was reading a comic book about a polar bear. Later, we're going to see a polar bear. 
he was reading about this bird, bird flies into the window. It makes me wonder, and actually I think it's, I don't think I need to wonder, I think this is just it. Uh, I'm assuming that the polar bear in episode two was manifested by Walt as well, who was probably reading that same comic book that's in the fire now. Oh, okay, so you think the polar bear was manifested by Walt? Right. Oh, okay. And and I think that's all super interesting. Now, the bird thing is not like incredibly unbelievable. I mean, it's I not, know. but it, it's with everything else you've seen with Walt. Yeah, I mean, bird, birds fly into windows all the time, and if that bird's common in Australia, then there's no reason why. Like that's just a coincidence, or it could just be a coincidence. Um, but knowing what we know and putting it all together and knowing what Brian probably knew yeah. that then there, there's a, an element of shock and awe there for sure. So is this your gripe though? No, no. The, I, I think this is super interesting and, and I'm, and I love it. And this is like up there with Claire psychic for me. Like, Claire I, might be psychic. No, not well, Claire, no, um, the psychic Claire saw. Oh, okay. Palm reader. Right. Whatever his name is, but palm reader, man. Very yeah. interesting individual. Was Brian too? Huh? Was his name also Brian? I don't remember. Oh my okay. god! I'll, I'll look this up for you. All right. So, um, so I I love this. I think this is super interesting. If Walt can like just manifest what he sees in his mind into reality, that's like that's incredible. And that might be why they're all on the island. Maybe Walt manifested this. You know? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> but so your working theory though is that both polar bears have been caused not purposefully of course but by walt yeah. as these powers he's doesn't quite know what he has powers that he doesn't quite like right powers are just manifest things right and Locke has recognized it too Locke calls him different in the beginning of this episode and it really triggers michael when he says it by the way also, sorry. So the the guy's name is Richard Melkin. Okay. Reader. That oh. is not. It is not another Brian. Okay. So anyway, um, my gripe with this is, I, it's it's a beautiful flashback. I love it, and I'm so glad it's in here. My gripe is it's the only flashback that's not Michael's flashback, and really, it's not really Walt's either. It's. Mm. It's Brian's. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is from Brian's perspective. It's not not even from Walt's perspective. I don't think, like, there's nothing. I I can't see anything. Well, maybe. All right, let's talk this through because I, I my what I was about to say was I don't know why this memory would be triggered from Walt for Walt, but. Unless he's assuming that he manifested the polar bear just then. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing that we see of Walt is Vincent running away. And maybe that triggers this memory in Walt. Because maybe he thinks Vincent is scared of the polar bear that he just manifested in his mind. Maybe he knows that he did that. And maybe he's recalling a time, another time when he did that. So maybe, but that would imply that Walt is cognizant of his skill. abilities, yeah, and I and it doesn't seem like he is. Certainly not. Yeah, I I, yeah. I don't think he is. So th th that's my one little quibble with the flashbacks 
is that this flashback doesn't seem like, I mean, it's not Michael's flashback and all the other ones are, and it doesn't seem like Walt should even have this memory. Mm-hmm. Like this is from Walt's perspective. What happened this day was like nothing. I do. I do want to say something that comic book. Yeah. Now I do remember this. It was not Walt's originally. Okay. We will one day learn whose it is. <laughs> oh, good. That's awesome. Uh, anywho. Okay. Um, so, I mean, do you understand my, my quibble here, or do you think I'm... Yeah, I understand your quibble. It, it's, it's a flashback for a character we never know, really. Like, Brian's on the island. Do you agree that it's it's a Brian flashback, not a Walt flashback? No, yeah, I could agree with that, because you... Well, for, certainly not Walt flashback. Or not Walt, I mean, certainly not a Michael flashback. As for a Walt flashback, I mean, he's there, but yeah. you are right, it's not centered around him. No. So, but he is... In fact, the, a, a big chunk of the scene is, like, Susan and Brian talking away from Walt. Yeah. And, and the, we're shown that from their perspective, not from Walt's perspective. Hmm. So I, I, that, that's my one little quibble with this with the sequence of flashbacks but i still love this flashback because it's really cool i think that's a fair yeah that's good yeah anyway i think it's a good flashback and i like what it positions walt possibilities to be there's a lot of things down yeah um and we get this flashback soon uh well here we go back to the present time walt's still looking for vincent and we hear this monster beast in the bushes uh we, we can't really quite tell if it's the monster but we do later find out it is a polar bear. Yes. So, some nasty noises. Mm. So the flashback here, this is the final flashback. Oh, no, it's not the final flashback. I take that back. There's multiple flashbacks after this. Yeah, oh, my goodness. I, my bad. So, there are, yeah, there are, this might be the most number of flashbacks we had in an episode. Yeah. This is a lot of different flashbacks. And, you know, I got to say that there wasn't, other than the Charlie Diary thing, there's like nothing else other than the Michael Walt stuff. No, yeah, this is a heavy Michael Walt episode. Yeah, which is which was fine with me. Like, I don't need the golf distraction. <laughs> they really tried though. Hurley was really trying to get golf going. Yeah. Okay. He gave it his all. Yeah. But, yeah definitely a heavy Mike Walt episode. So, go to the flashback, and it's Brian coming to Michael's door, knocks on it, and he asks to come in. He confesses that confesses. That Susan died yesterday. So, Michael, yeah. I mean, obviously lets him in after hearing that news. Uh, Susan had a blood disorder, was only sick for a week. And the first thing Michael asks is, How's Walt? How's Walt? Brian goes, Walt is fine, considering, of course, but he's with his nanny. And Michael is dumb, and I'm gonna ask your opinion too. Michael is dumbstruck that Brian left Walt alone with the nanny right after his mom died. You know, I, I totally agree with him. I, I, and knowing what Brian is about to ask of Michael, how do you not bring Walt with you? I know. And <laughs> what gets me is later on when, later on when Mike meets Walt, I say, oh yeah, kind of is like a meet. <laughs> when yeah. he meets Walt, Walt doesn't seem to know he's supposed to come with him. <laughs> I know. It's like, like, like Brian did not break any news to this kid. He's just like, man. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless this is just another indication that Brian is afraid of Walt. That's true. Yeah, because Brian 
oh, we'll talk about it a little later here. Yeah, in, in the same scene here. So, uh, Mike's dumbstruck. Brian left him alone. And Brian says that Susan... Uh, he Okay, I think he lied. I think we all suspect he lies. Michael does too. Brian claims Susan wants Mike to have custody of Walt. <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike says something about he hasn't been his father in what, like nine years or something, right? Yeah. And very obvious, Brian does not want Walt. He admits he never wanted the kid. He adopted him because Susan made him. You know, he just wanted to make her happy. But without her, there's just no Walt in his life. No room for Walt. He offers to pay Michael all his travel expenses and flight, whatever have you. And um, Michael, Michael does, you know, he does clearly note that this is this is your idea, Brian. Susan would never do this. Yeah. And he's act, he's very he's mad at Brian for being a terrible father. He's yeah. you're his father, man. He's he's all you know, right? Yeah. Mike's no longer the father figure. To, well, he understands this, right? Yeah. Brian is. Brian's been there for his whole life. Brian, you're his father figure. And this is where Brian admits that there's something about him. Things yeah. happen when he's around. Oof. And he's different. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's different. <laughs> uh, and this is where I, I put my notes. Didn't Brian say he's the luckiest guy he knows? So do you think Brian... So do you think... Brian has only seen Walt's powers in a negative light, but when he talked to Walt, told him, oh, you're the luckiest guy I know. No, you know, you know, I'm thinking of like backgammon here. Like he he could call him the luckiest guy that he knows because he always wins everything. Yeah, so that that could be a, a positive thing. But but right. then you know, having seen the the negative impact of it too, he's clearly spooked. Now, do you think that Walt manifested Susan's illness? That's what I'd ask you. Yeah, is the blood disorder due to Walt? You'd suspect. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that that's because is... when when we see them worried about her health, they, they are ignoring Walt. Walt's like, "Hey, come, come yeah. look, guys, look," and they ignore him. So maybe yeah. it is some sort of manifestation. That yeah, since she's she being for a week, then you know, I don't know if this was the beginning, middle, or end of that week, but. A lot of questions in terms of Walt. Yeah. And uh, they're interesting questions. They're interesting. Yeah. And what a hard spot we put if you're Mike, right? Holy Kevin, you, 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 he's probably let go by now, or at least. I would think so, yeah. To a degree, he's go. Maybe he still misses Walt or he thinks, oh, what if? But certainly he's moved on past it. It's been nine years. Yeah. And he just gets this man who. The person he loved left for, you know, Brian, and he's telling him, take your child back. And he, no, does that. He feels bad for Walt in the sense that this man, Brian, the father he's known his whole life, his father figure doesn't want him. Yeah. And how poorly he's being treated. That's awful. His very first question is, like, how's Walt? What? You left him right now? Yeah. Not a good time. So, and Brian's immediate action after Susan dies is to go get Walt off his hands, which is really something. Like, that is the next day after Susan died, he's gone. The next day? Yeah, because he said Susan died yesterday. Oh, that's Oh, my God. That is that is rough. And it's had a long flight from Australia to New York, so. Yeah. Was it New York? Yeah. I believe 
Maybe I'm thinking of the Leftovers episode as well. I'm thinking of New York. I have an image of New York in my head, but you know what? LAX probably makes more sense. That's where they were flying for. Unless there's a connection. Which would which would make sense. Yeah. New York. Anyway, he's somewhere in the US. Let me say that. Yeah, this is a long flight. Yeah. So he's somewhere in the US. Yeah. And uh, anything else on that flashback? No, no, I think we covered it. That's Yeah. Okay. So uh we're, we're gonna get back in the flashback soon too here <laughs> we, we just see always hear is lock and mike they find the dog leash oh and then they hear walt screaming for help so they run to go help him mm-hmm. and now we're back to another flashback uh mike's here in a really fancy home brian's home presumably and there's the nanny and you know he lets uh mike know walt will be home from school any minute now and he gives mike this box. Now, do you do you recall this box? Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. So for those that I don't remember, in a previous episode, it might have even been last episode. I think it was. But previous episode, uh, Mike found his luggage, and in his luggage was this box, and we saw him sadly looking into this box. We didn't know what's in the box, but he was looking into it. But here, <laughs> he's handed the box, and then Annie says, "Walt should have this," and we kind of can see like it's some papers some letters or we don't even know if they're letters but there's some papers in there and what did you presume they were this box did you... I, I was thinking it was the letters okay yeah, yeah fair enough and did you guess that they were intercepted or that walt got to read them and that this is like walt's box that he likes to keep them That's, in based on the way the nanny was saying you know he he deserved these these are his they, he deserves to have these um i was thinking that he never saw them yeah, because okay. it's two ways that goes. Either they've been intercepted, or Walt has this idea of his father in his head, and like he keeps these because you know this is he, he has a place in his heart for this uh, individual. But no, yeah, it is is the first option there. He's never seen them, sadly. Yeah. So, but I'm also shocked. In it takes Mike till this episode to actually show him the box. Yes. And we'll talk about that when we get to that and why he might take so long to do it. So, we're back in the present time. Locke and Mike are running to get Walt, and they hear the this, this screaming, the yelling of the polar bear, and I don't know, what do you what do you describe this thing that there was, like, a, like inside, like, the, a hollow part of, like, a tree trunk? I don't know. I, they I, always I... get in them. This, this silence littered with them. Yeah, is it like a bamboo growth? Maybe I'm not sure. But I just call it like hollow tree thingy. <laughs> I never know what to call it. But, but you're right. The the they're all over this island. Yeah. So, but anyway, Walt is inside of the hollow tree thingy, and the polar bear is trying to get in, just roaring and slashing and trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And Mike's about to run in, but Locks manages to stop him. You know, quiets him down, and they start kind of climbing up. They're going to go up and around, right? Tactical entry. He'll get Walt back. Now get this. This is the final flashback here. Here we go. <laughs> and a good final flashback. I, I, I love this final. I love this flashback. So, Michael, we see Walt. He's in this, like, big open room playing with Vincent. And Mike, he has to, he's approaching him first time in nine years. And Walt asks him, "Who are you?" Right? Oh, what a kick in the nuts! What? Yeah. What? Yeah. This 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 whole scene just oh, it's so hard. 
Mike, you know, he admits he's his father. You know, he apologizes for what happened to Susan. And Walt asks him, where is Brian? Which just is another thing. Why is Brian not here either, right? Like, yeah, introducing Mike or anything. Like, Mike just got to do this solo? Because Brian certainly did not plan any. Like, he, he just kind of was hoping Mike would handle all of it, which he does, but... It, it's very clear that Brian did not tell Walt Mike was coming to take him. <laughs> so, Jeez. well, you know, Walt says, "Hey, I'm I'm not gonna go with you. I'm not gonna go anywhere with you," which is a very reasonable thing to say, right? If you're Walt, right? The person your fatherly figure is Brian. You know, not Mike. You 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 never met him. So, yeah. Mike makes himself the bad guy here. Oh, so sad. And he says, "Brian loves him very much. Brian loves you." Walt, he loves you very, very much. Oh. But I am your legal guardian, and I'm forcing you to come with me. Yeah. Which is, oh, that is such a sad... Mm. Ugh. Because oh. <laughs> we, we, we know he doesn't have legal guardian. We, we mentioned it multiple times. Brian adopted uh, Walt, so... And this, and this is why I say, the, the, another example of why I say, if they want me to shift allegiance away from Mike. They got a long way to go because I have, I'm like overloaded with sympathy for this Do guy. Do you still think he's a jerk? Or have, have, have you been won over a lot? Mike? I don't think I ever really felt like Mike was a jerk. Oh, okay. Um, I, mean, I, I make the difference. I think you did think Mike was a jerk. When? Just before, like the things you would say to Walt. And the way you treat Locke, you would know, Mike's a jerk. Oh. Uh, Maybe, but no, no, I definitely don't think he's a jerk now. I think like this episode went a long way of toward uh, building up lots of sympathy. And, and you know what? On on how defensive he is with Locke, I think after watching his episode, I think it explains part of the reason why he's so defensive about Walt hanging out with Locke. Oh, I because, think so. Because yeah, he's he's always insecure about like Walt and. You kind of want to be the fatherly figure. He he defends Brian in front of Walt despite this terrible thing Brian has asked him to do, because he understands that Brian is Walt's fatherly figure. He's recently lost his mother. The last thing you want to do is now is to crap all over his image of his father. Yeah. So, I think Walt did the or Mike did the right thing, the hard thing, but oh, yeah, the right thing here. And sure. now he's on this island. It's only been probably not a very long time. I'd be surprised if it was like. More than a week they were together before they left for LAX or left yeah, Sydney, whatever. Day, maybe two. Yeah, it might have been the very next day or whichever. And it's he. This is definitely on his head. Like, I mean, this is a big change in your life. Now you have this kid that you that's ten to get to care for, and to have someone. That the kid likes more than you after already having to swallow the big pill that is Brian, it's probably it's hard. It's hard. I can so I can understand why he's so defensive about Walt. Yeah, absolutely. I wish he wasn't, but I understand why he is. Uh, by the way, I, I just want to point out, Walt does refer to Brian as Brian. So so Walt does know that Brian is not his biological father. Mm -hmm, yeah. So just going way back to the hospital scene, when uh, Susan asks him, "Is it for?" Is it for Walt or is it for you? Like, there's a significant argument that could be made that, it, that, that what would have been best for Walt would be to have Mike in his life. 
you know, grow, growing up knowing that this is not my biological father, eventually he's going to want to know who his biological father is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And all they've done is keep it from him, including the letters. Oh yeah. Oh, it hurts. So I'll, a little bit, a little, little thing back on that is, uh, <laughs> it, it's really sad and. Walt's Walt's also kind of sad because he doesn't want to leave Vincent behind. So Mike tells him, "Walt, we can have Vincent from Brian. Brian said we can, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> which I don't think Brian said they could have Vincent. But I think yeah. <laughs> Mike is taking it upon himself that Brian really doesn't want Walt. I'm yeah. sure he'll give up the dog. Well, I, I, we know that Brian didn't tell Mike this because Mike says you can bring your dog, <laughs> and Vincent's <laughs> not mine. It's Brian's. Well, Brian said it was okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> so." little stab back at Brian, but oh, definitely that is one of the sadder scenes of Lost that I can regale. It's a sad scene to watch. In general, Mike's flashbacks are pretty sad. Locke has some sad ones too, and uh, and yeah, Locke has other flashbacks. People have other. Uh, next episode, I guess I'll, I'll quickly say, I think next episode is a Charlie one. Okay. It is Charlie. Yep, I did right. It is Charlie. So next Charlie Bottle episode Okay. Second one for him. But this might be... Do you think that we've had a sadder one? Like, Locke's was kind of sad. It was pretty sad. It was way sadder than Locke's, I felt. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, Sons? Hmm. Hers was not happy one, certainly. Sides wasn't happy, but eh. Yeah. And Sawyer's was also kind of sad, but... It was. I, you know, I think that... A lot of sad flashbacks, actually. <laughs> Most of them are sad. Not happy times. <laughs> Some people would probably see Saeed's as sadder than this. I, I don't. I think this is. I think this is the saddest one we've seen. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh, Claire's was sad. Claire's was sad, but that that was really sad. Oh, the three, I still so sad about like the pen failing three times, and then Jack's very next episode. Why didn't they have the pen failing for him? Ah, seriously. <laughs> that's gold. That's that's written gold. That's the best thing I'll ever think of practically writes itself it does it really does that's instantly bumps that to attend that episode they do that anyway yeah uh done with the flashback and we're in the present for the rest of it and Locke and mike i'm not gonna get too much into it but uh they pass the knife over to walt so he can kind of defend himself and he does stab at the bear yeah. kind of runs away for a moment mike makes his way down you have like this vine system to help tie Walt up and bring him back up. So they get Walt out of this hollow tree stump thingy. And yeah. now Mike's the one trapped. And, you know, he's stuck there. And then he stabs the bear. It runs away. And then Mike's able to climb out. And now they're up in the tree. Yeah. Walt apologizes. But Mike says, it's okay. And he very quickly, you know, where's Vincent? What, what about Vincent? And Locke reassures us, Vincent will return like before. And, and, and so at this point, did, did you guess that what was or Locke was probably going to use a dog whistle again? Because yeah, like, yeah. He went through, like kind of, I don't think he winked at Mike, but he yeah. looked when he said it, and yeah. So that that's my guess is that he plans on calling him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not too big of a biggie, and well, I think it is a biggie actually. I, I think that the idea is that this is the truce between Mike and Locke. Oh yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think? 
relationships have been mended or better? Like, is Locke and Mike, do you think they're going to be better off now together? And do you think Mike and Walt? Yeah, I think Mike is disciple number four. Oh, okay. So you think this is enough to win him over that Locke has helped him save his boy? Yeah, not only helped save his boy, but also he's, you know, he's got this inside secret with him with the dog whistle. And yeah, I, I think that, I think Mike is fully on Team Locke at this point. Okay, so I told you next episode's Charlie episode. So do you think this will be the strengthening of Charlie with Locke? Well, I think it's going to have more to do with Claire. Whoa, whoa, how did you... Okay, well, I don't know where you got that from. Huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that at the end of the episode, actually, because there's another okay. thing I want to say on that. But Anything on this scene? Uh, no, I, I think I think that that ex- look exchange between Locke and Mike was... A lot said in that. Of a lot. I, I think it meant a lot. That mm-hmm. the, the, this, is, this is Mike coming over to Locke's side. Okay, yeah, he's on... Team Locke, he's part of, he's joined the Locke cult. Boone, proud member, Charlie, Walt, Mike, other member. Not 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 as not as dedicated as Boone, but also quite on the Locke hype train. Yeah. Or whatever might be happening, we don't quite know, but Locke <laughs> seems to think some sort of split will occur. Some fissure. What would cause it? No clue. Can you give a clue of what could cause like a fissure or like a falling out? Uh, Locke himself. Um, whatever's in that hatch. Do you think Locke knows what's in that hatch? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know what? I think Locke does know, though. I think Locke knows that Walt has some sort of ability to manifest stuff. I was going to ask you this at the end. So he says that Walt has potential, and he wants him to realize his potential. He said this earlier on to Mike. Yeah, and so you think, you think, um, Locke recognizes this specialness of Walt, whatever it may be. Yeah, although, like, I don't think Locke even knew about the first polar bear, though. Okay. Although, wait a minute. Didn't somebody say? I think he heard it in passing, like how they was to kind of smell the beans a little. Right, but he took. You know what? Is this uh, comic book his? I don't know whose comic book. Oh, actually, I do know, but you will find out whose comic book it is. Um, I know that you know Locke and Walt hung out quite a lot in the first couple episodes. Like it's I, not a far reach that they, Locke would give him. Yeah, they were hanging out during the second episode when the party was out and ran into the polar bear. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if Locke put two and two together and said, oh my God, we were reading that comic book with the polar bear and they that search party that went out that same day found that polar bear. Okay. Found a polar bear. And obviously, you know, this polar bear now, I mean, Locke was there when Mike burned the comic book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you think, you, you, you have a sneaking suspicion that it's either it's Locke's comic book or he at least gave the comic book to Yeah, they they he was there when Walt was reading it. He was okay, there. Okay, so he was aware. Okay. Right. So you think Locke knows of his supernatural capability or whatever? Yeah, and I think it's I mean, maybe I'm putting way too much on Walt now, but I mean if it, if this power is what I think it is, then this is 
hugely substantial power. Yeah, Walt, don't you want a chocolate fountain? Yeah. Look at this picture I've drawn. I've drawn Drew. But, um, I mean, if he can just manifest stuff, it is possible that the, the hatch is there because Walt put it there. Oh, okay. So it's it, it didn't pre-exist on the island, but because of Walt's Whatever, right. whatever have you all was looking at. He's willed his hatch into being. There and Locke thinks that Walt put it there. Do you think he could open it then? Well, the, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Walt could open it, but then, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's in it, but. Really? You haven't figured out what's in the hatch yet? Walt's brain? Oh. I don't know. We'll, see, we'll have to see what's in the hatch if they ever open it. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the? No, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm spinning some wild theories here, but listen, you said some wild things before, like Ethan's Claire's son in the yeah. future. So I hope I'm right on that. And you also said something about sea urchins, poison, something you kept going on about. I know some wild assertions. Saeed's wife. Anyway, don't get too bogged down. Move on. So. It's night, and Mike and Walter by the fire. Bonding. Definitely some bonding going on here. And Mike finally reveals this box. Sad box he was looking at before. And that it's all the letters he ever wrote to Walt. And Walt admits, I never got these. Why didn't they show them to me? And he, you know, he doesn't understand why his mom wouldn't let him see them. And, you know, Mike, Mike's not making him the bad guy or anything. He's like, I oh, know. She had a reason. She kept them for a reason. Knew one day she wanted you to look at them. And, they, they, you know, they look at them. They even bond over, like, the two-year-old one that we saw making in a flashback. Yeah. Uh, it was the sunburned penguin that the nurse suggested. <laughs> uh, so, why do you think Mike took so long to show Walt this box? Well, he just found it in the previous episode. He did, but he had it before then. He, he had it before they were on the plane. Do you think he was waiting for a better time? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. Like, hey, I'm your dad. Here, read all these letters that I. <laughs> nine years of your life, like I, I don't think that's the appropriate way to go about it. I think you. This is this was the right moment. You know, yeah. he just saved his life. They had life. They had that bonding experience. Now they can solidify the relationship with this bonding experience. Yeah, um, the mortar for their bricks right here there. good guy Mike might even be the best guy on the island anyway yeah I'm putting that assertion out there you're gonna who needs the best guy on the island the best guy by what measure niceness hmm actually I know who it is pretty nice too who Curly. Yeah, I was going to say Hurley. Yeah, Hurley's definitely the nicest guy on the island. <laughs> oh, good old Hurley. Anyway, we have Charlie reading Claire's diary. Shame, shame, shame. Thank yeah, he seemed pretty happy. You could pause it if you want. I didn't really pause it, but I saw some like snippets. It was like, I really like him. Yeah. Charlie makes me feel safe. So Charlie's, yeah, he's feeling pretty good about this. <laughs> he's getting a, he's getting a rub of his ego. He's like, ah, yes. Yeah. Claire did like me begrudge him reading the diary here I think he's trying to figure out what happened to her and mm -hmm. 
know, if he thinks that he could get a clue, and he, and he does. So okay, and he gets a clue. So in the same way you think Claire might be clairvoyant, Charlie suspects the same too. And he goes to Jack and Saeed, who are over the fire discussing who knows what, but they're discussing. And they must see this in the diary. He's like, hey, look, look right here. <laughs> I like how Ikuki goes off the fact, like, yeah, 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 I've been reading the diary. I'm terrible, whatever. But look, Claire had dreams of a black rock. Right. And Saeed's like, oh, yeah, well, Rousseau spoke of a black rock where her team, I don't know if that's where they landed or where they stood, but Rousseau spoke of the black rock as well. Mm-hmm. So now. Played at first thought this triangle on the map might be the broadcast place, but maybe instead it's the Black Rock. Maybe it's both. Yeah. This this Black Rock place is more is is a noteworthy spot, right? A place to remember. It's the Black it. Rock. Uh, so keep that in mind, Giselle. The Black Rock. Claire had a dream about it, so we talked about it. What's at the Black Rock? What's waiting us there? So. Okay. Here is the the final scene the episode we have a lock and boon we have the dog whistle mm-hmm. for vincent and also i want to note this quote that Locke said which is you know he's locks using the dog whistle and boon says i don't think it's working and Locke says you can't hear everything boon the sooner you learn that the better okay which i don't know i just really like that. What, what do you think he means by that like you can't hear everything the sooner I think that really shows the faith. Like that is that is like one of the most faith-based statements you can say, right? Like you yep. can't, you don't have to see it or hear it to believe it. You just have to believe it, right? Just have faith. So I thought that was a, I liked that. Anyway, real good faith quote by the faith man himself. Anyway, we hear a tree twig break in the bushes, some ruffling, and oh, you know, Locke's getting worried. He'd ready his knife, and then boom. Vincent emerges from the jungle. No. And, wait, what? It wasn't the... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was Claire. <laughs> what? Before the episode Homecoming, as Mr. Sal predicted? Hey. <laughs> oh, that's another thing on the wrong tally, Mr. Sal. Oh. You were off by just, like... Seconds. Yeah, five seconds. <laughs> if only I gave you that margin of error, but we didn't agree on that. Oh, come on. I think I get credit for that one. Uh, well, the, the title of the episode is called Homecoming. Wait, she hasn't officially gotten back to the camp yet. No, but it depends where home is where the heart is. And Locke has a lot of heart. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, he Moon, is the heart. Moon was just the focus of an episode called Heart to Mind. So, oh, there you go. So, if, if Shannon is the mind, Boone is the heart. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so the big question is, Where's Claire? What's the, so so? I, I, what are your theories for Claire? Okay, well, first of all, I'm wondering if she was responding to the dog whistle, which would be weird. <laughs> like, That's true. Uh, second of all, uh, either Ethan is hot right behind her, or like she somehow escaped, which seems really strange. How would she escape? How pregnant woman, yeah, yeah. escape these clutches? Like we saw Ethan fighting it. Uh, are we sure she's still pregnant? Because I I couldn't really tell if she was still pregnant or not. Oh. Well, either pregnant or recently pregnant woman. It's <laughs> been a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jack said you know, she's got two weeks at the most. Mm-hmm. That was, it, it's been one week since then. Yeah. So. Definitely, uh, it's definitely been some time. 
There's... So the next episode is a Charlie Bottle episode. Uh, we'll, we'll see Claire. Just like, didn't like run to Locke and Boone and like hug them, which I would have expected her to do. But she just looked pretty wrecked out of her mind. Like she's just yeah, got finally gotten back there after whatever it took her to get back. We don't know. We don't know if she's running. She's been walking. She we don't know what's up. That's true. So, uh. There's a lot of a lot of questions in the air regarding Claire. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting too that in her first dream that we saw, it's it's Locke that she runs into. In yes, he's like warning her. Yeah, so interesting. Mm -hmm. So, I uh, it's a it's an interesting. I'm trying to think of the next episode. Definitely be the worst one yet. Oh my god. I don't think you're going to love it. I think I'm going to love this next one. Really? I do. Why? What do you think you're going to like about it? I'm Claire's you. back. It's a Charlie episode. I liked the other Charlie episode. But, and this one, Claire's back too. Um, I mean, Claire's, Claire being back is what I've been waiting for. So... I, I can't imagine I'm not going to like the next episode, but who knows? Maybe. I, I'll tell you what, talking about it makes me like this episode more for sure, too. Really? Oh, okay. That's I, I, I don't think it's a nine, but it's it's definitely... I, I like this episode a lot. I think it's a... Yeah. It's it's a good episode for Mike and Walt. Really get to know him a lot better. Especially Mike, but through Mike Walt. And yeah. we see Locke's centralizing of whatever power you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So, very interested for the next episode, though. It's a poor one. Don't get your hopes up, everyone. Look at them all already up in one place. Bad episode. Not gonna like it. Blah, blah, blah. Don't... <laughs> uh, anything else you want to see on the show, Mr. Sal? No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the next one, uh, even though you told me I'm gonna hate it. But... I'm telling you, don't be excited. I... Hype meter I... should be below zero. should be negative. He should be loathing it. I see. Uh, I... I think this is anti-hype. This is like... What do you mean? This is... You're, you're trying to anti-hype it so that I'm like shocked and love it. If you want to know how anti-hyped you should be, the episode after this episode is a Sawyer Bottle episode. Okay. So because of that, this can't be as good. You might as well have your anti-hype. Or not anti-hype. You might as well not be hyped. Alright. I won't episode. be then. That's good. Uh, please give us a rating on whatever platform you guys are listening on. Subscribe. Uh, give us an email. Showofferspodcast at gmail.com. Give Mr. Sal a price. I'm sure he'll auction it. Mr. Sal, do you think you could work out with your wife how much it would be for your children? Uh, I'll ask. Okay, look that. He'll ask. <laughs> Better than what he did for me. So there you go. Uh, uh, anything else you want to tell the listeners, Mr. Sal? Hello there. You can't do the same thing for the <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>